Welcome to the Saint Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Our vision is to bring hope, and I hope this encourages you wherever you're listening. Enjoy. Ah, good morning, everybody. Just bear with me two seconds as I um, rotate this bad boy. Oh, how are you guys doing? You good this morning? Great, I'm, I'm a little bit out of breath because I just ran from upstairs and like those stairs, killer, killer. But my name is Farida, as Tando said, um, and I'm an ordinand here at Saint. I'm 27 and I am married to a wonderful human being called Jamie, who is the lovely guy who led you in worship so beautifully this morning. Um, we have been part of Saint for probably about eight months now, so I can't really say we're new anymore, but um, we are fully part of the community here at Saint. We moved from Bournemouth, yeah, eight months ago, and it's been an amazing journey so far. We feel so welcome here, and um, it's great to be with you this morning. So. Little background about me, I grew up in Surrey from about the age of eight. I moved here with my mum from Nigeria. Um, it's Mothering Sunday, so little shout out because she's watching online at the moment. Um, <laughs> hey, mum. Yeah, and then, so I grew up there at the age of 18, moved to Bournemouth where I went to university, studied journalism, um, and then after that did a church internship, and it was there that I sensed the call on my life to go into ordained ministry, um, and that led me here today. So that's just a little bit of background about me. But this is part three of our Lent series, Character is Power. Have we been enjoying it so far? Yeah? Amazing. Um, and we've been looking at the idea that our competency can only carry us as far as our character, the thing that is inside of us, can sustain us. And Mark put it so beautifully in week one, and I really love this analogy. He used the analogy of our lives being like a house. And if we only ever focused on the outside walls of our house instead of the inside walls, eventually the house would cave in on itself. So as a church family, this series is us walking together and asking God to take a little bit of an in inventory on our godly character to see where he can shape us and mold us and come by his spirit um, and create us into the people that he has called us to be. Amen? Amen. So today I want to focus on the character trait of kindness. I'm going to be talking about kindness. And for those of you guys that love a good title, the title of my message today is Overwhelming Kindness. I already told the awesome people online what the title was because they're great, and um, I was up there earlier. So they know, Overwhelming Kindness. So when I um, came out of university, after I finished my internship, I decided I was going to go into industry for a year, because at that point, I hadn't really realized that I was wanting to be called into ordained ministry. I was like, you know what, God, I'm not going to do that yet. I'm going to go into secular society and do a little bit of work there first. So I had to get a job. And as part of getting a job, you have to do a CV, write a cover letter, I do not like cover letters, but as part of doing a cover letter, I like to do a little bio about not just what I can do and what I can bring to the company, but about who I am. Um, and my personal bio would go something like this. I am a bubbly and kind, personable individual who prides herself on working hard. 
Who here has done something similar and would put the word kind in a bio about themselves? Chuck your hands up for me. No? Oh, wow. That's surprising. That's surprising. Well, I am one of those people who would describe themselves as kind. And if you are here with me doing the same thing, what does that even mean? What does it really mean to describe yourself as kind? What does kindness mean? Well, we currently live in a world where it is not, you don't have to look too far to find the opposite of kindness, to find unkindness. And I can tell you now that there isn't a lot of kindness on Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok for that matter, or any social media at the moment. There's not a lot of kindness to be found. There's not a lot of kindness in the news. It seems like every time I open up my news app, there's another piece of either injustice or poverty or pain that is presented on my news app screen. There's not a lot of kindness, it doesn't seem, in the governments that we see in our world today. And maybe there isn't a lot of kindness in our workplaces or our schools or our institutions. But yet in a world where kindness seems to be becoming the standard, God is calling us to be kind, to be known, to have a reputation of kindness. So what does this Christ-like kindness, this overwhelming kindness that is formed and shaped by the Holy Spirit look like in a world that seems devoid of it? Well, with the help of the Bible and the Holy Spirit, because he is greater than I, we are going to try and unpack what this overwhelming kindness looks like today as a church family. Is that okay? Yeah, great. So I'm going to pray before we dive in. Um, Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are calling us to be a people who have a reputation for being kind. So Lord, now as we open scripture, as we seek your voice, would you speak to each person in this room right now? Amen. Amen. So according to the Tyndale Bible Dictionary, which I am told is very reputable by my theological college, is, the definition of kindness is described as the state of being that includes the attributes of loving affection, sympathy, friendliness, patience, pleasantness, gentleness, and goodness. Kindness is a quality that is shows, shown in the way a person speaks and acts. And the Bible is also a really great place to start when thinking about kindness because it has a lot to say about kindness. The Apostle Paul used the word kindness in Galatians 5 to describe one of the fruits that we see in the life of someone who loves and follows Jesus. Also, in God's word, it says that love is patient, love is kind in 1 Corinthians 13, 4. And overall, in several passages throughout the Bible, we are told that it is by the grace and kindness of God that we have been saved so that we might know freedom. It is through the kindness that we have received ourselves that we are now to extend to others. It's all well and good me standing up here and talking about how important it is to be kind, but what is God actually calling us to do? What does it look like to live out this overwhelming kindness in our lives? Well, grab your Bibles, grab your hard copies, your phones, whatever you want to, but it will also come up on the screen because the production team are awesome. Um, so yeah, if you want to do it, do it now. And we're going to look at a few points that I want to use to shape um, 
the idea of what it means to walk out this kindness. So the first one is, the Christ in me is recognizing the Christ in you. And I'm gonna ask you guys to say that with me. The Christ in me is recognizing the Christ in you. Amen. Philippians 2.4 says, each of you should not look to your own interests, but to the interests of others. Life and society is always trying to form us, and currently it is trying to form us into a people who put our own needs above the needs of others. We are becoming more increasingly a me-before-you society. My needs are more important than your needs. Not a, not a lot of people know this about me, but I like to act. Um, I, I act on the side as well as, as training, but that also means that I love watching other people act. So that means that I, I'm on YouTube a lot, looking at a lot of actors, and I came across this improv group called Improv Everywhere, and they do a lot of um, improvisation work that is either to bring joy or entertainment or sometimes to bring really profound messages to people. And one of the improvs that they did was called Welcome Home. And basically, this involved them rocking up at JFK Airport in New York City and finding a bunch of drivers that were there to collect passengers. And when they found these drivers, they would collect the name that they were waiting for. They'd come with billboards and like all these signs, and they would write that person's name on the sign. And as that person got off the plane and was coming down the walkway, they would start cheering them on. Welcome home. It's so good to see you. Hey, Anne, you're awesome. And the person is walking down the street, the, the walkway, and they're like, are you sure you've got the right person? And they look so confused. They don't know what is going on. And then they get handed flowers, and they get handed chocolates, and they're still confused. And then someone starts to explain to them that they are just there to welcome them home today. And all of a sudden, that confusion moves from a state of I don't know what's going on to, oh, I'm actually really grateful that you guys are here. Thank you so much. Why, why are you doing this? And I loved watching this because that improv group had no other desire that day than to bring joy and to bring kindness into the people's lives that were coming off of that plane. They recognize that each person is worthy of love, worthy of grace, and ultimately worthy of kindness. It's important that we realize that each person that we come into contact with carries the image of God and is of value, of infinite value in God's eyes. The thing that God holds dear and holds most precious in this world is his creation, and we are part of that creation. He holds us, his people, very dearly. He sent Jesus to sacrifice himself for us on that cross. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And we've got to learn to see people through his eyes in order to be able to extend this overwhelming kindness to one another. So that means that the Christ in us must learn to recognize the Christ in others. It means that your neighbors are of value to Christ. It means your workmates, your, your colleagues, your schoolmates, whoever it is, the people that you walk across in the street, that walk past in the street, they are of infinite value to God. We need to be observant of people. 
Kindness begins with looking, with opening our eyes to see the needs of others before our own needs. And this means that we get to extend kindness to everybody, not just those that it's easy to extend kindness to, but even to those that seem like it's their personal mission to get us to snap at them that day. Even they are of infinite value to God. And what would it look like if we truly understood this concept? Well, it would look like unqualified kindness. Kindness that doesn't expect anything in return. Kindness that is born out of knowing that God sees that person and cares so much for the other. So next time someone doesn't refill the coffee or open the door for you, remind the Christ within you to see the Christ within them and respond with kindness. And this brings me to my second point that I want to look at, and it is called carry kindness on your shoulder. Just say it with me again, carry kindness on your shoulder. Wonderful. I'm enjoying this call and response, okay? It it keeps you guys awake and it makes me feel like you're engaging. (laughs) Um, Colossians 3.12 says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Like I mentioned earlier, I love to act, but also I love musical theater, um, which is a bit dangerous living in London now because I feel like most of my money is going towards the West End, amen. Um, But one of my favorite musicals is Legally Blonde, um, and one of my favorite songs in Legally Blonde is called Chip on Your Shoulder. Um, And I didn't know what this meant when I first heard it. I was about 13, so I remember having to Google what this phrase means. And the Cambridge Dictionary basically says that the phrase chip on your shoulder means to seem angry all the time because you, have, you think you have been unfairly treated or feel you are not as good as other people. In the song, there is a guy called Emmett and he's speaking to the lead in the musical called Elle and he's telling her to use all of the bad things that she's feeling, all of the bad things that people have done to her as a way to propel her into her destiny and to basically say, ha, suckers, see, I turned out on top and you guys were rude, is basically the synopsis of the song. And I was listening to the song when I was writing this preach and I thought, actually, wait a minute, I think God is calling us to live in the reverse of that as Christians. I feel like he's calling us to keep kindness, to carry kindness on our shoulders and use that to propel us into the destiny that he has called us into. But we have got to get good at forgiveness and also saying sorry in order to carry kindness on our shoulders. And I know that this can be incredibly difficult, especially in this society where it's so easy to feel unvalued or made to feel such immense pain it can be very difficult to find that place in your heart that wants to forgive or wants to say sorry. And it can be so easy to carry that pain around, but I once heard on an Alpha talk that carrying unforgiveness around is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. And I thought that that was so profound. But also, I like practical illustrations, so I thought I would practically illustrate what it looks like to carry a chip on our shoulder and still try to extend kindness to others as we go along. So I brought my whole wardrobe with me, friends. Here it is. This is everything that I own. I'm kidding. Um, 
and I just want to illustrate really quickly what it looks like to carry all the things that um, the world puts on us and still try and be kind. So, for example, imagine with me, you wake up this morning and you think, oh, today is going to be a great day. God is good. I'm alive. I'm breathing air. And you go to work and you get into work and someone meets you with a photocopier and they look at you and they say, oh, Frida, you're, you're looking a bit, you're looking a bit tired today. Oh, you're not looking good today. And you think to yourself, what? That's a weird comment. I don't like that comment. That, that made me feel some kind of way. I'm, I'm really hurt by that comment, actually. I put a lot of effort into my outfit this morning. So no, like, I don't like you anymore. And I'm going to carry that hurt. I'm carrying it. And this is how my, my day is going to go with this hurt on, on my body. And you keep moving and you go into your next meeting and you're trying not to let the hurt that you're now carrying bother you. Um, and you do a piece of work that you think is A1 and is like the best piece of work that you have done. And your boss looks at you and he goes, that piece of work was abysmal. You never do anything right. And you think to yourself, where the heck did that come from? That really hurt me. I'm grieved by that comment. I don't know why you said that. And all of a sudden, I'm now carrying grievance. I don't like my boss. I don't know why he's like this. I don't know why she's like this. I do everything according to her specifications, and now she doesn't, she doesn't like me. So now I don't like her. And now you're carrying hurt, and you're carrying grievance, and this is what you look like. And then something really intense happens. Maybe someone picks on you because of the color of your skin. Or maybe someone says something to you about your sexuality. Or maybe someone says something to you about your gender. And all of a sudden, this one is the worst one because you're not just carrying around hurt and grievance. Now you're carrying pain. No, that, that one really hurt me. That one really broke me. That one hurt me to my core. So now I'm going to carry this pain around. I'm going to carry this pain around because no one truly understands me and I don't, I don't know why I'm here. And this one is, is the deepest one. It's the hardest one. And that's why it's the last one to go on. <laughs> and this is what we look like. And now we're trying to extend kindness and we're trying to extend grace to others. And we're trying, we're trying so desperately hard to walk in the vision and the destiny that God has called us into, but we are weighed down. We are heavy because we are carrying hurt. We're carrying pain. We're carrying grievance. But what happens if we, instead of deciding to carry the pain, deciding to carry the hurt, we decide to speak truth to it and give it to God? What happens if sometimes, next time someone says to you, oh, actually, you know what? I'm not so sure about what you look like today. You go, I don't care because the Lord told me that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. So I'm not going to carry that around because I know that I am a masterpiece in the eyes of God. So you know what, Lord, you can, you can have that one. I'm not going to deal with that today. What if the next time somebody decides to pick on us because they think that we are weak? We say no, because I know that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So that's fine. If you think I'm weak, I know that I have the strength of Christ within me. And maybe the next time 
someone really deeply grieves you, really deeply hurts you, and you feel that pain, and you feel like you can't carry on, you say, Lord, I know that you are the God of comfort. So Lord, would you come now, and would you comfort me in this? And you give that pain, you give it over to God. And you say, Lord, I know I can't carry it, but I know that you can, because we have a God who can carry everything for us, who has carried everything for us that day when he died on the cross. And we get to live in that freedom. We get to live freely. We get to move through life without any restraint, without any pain, without any hurt, because we can give it to him. Like, I'm not saying that those things aren't real. I'm not saying that that pain or that hurt or that grievance that you feel isn't real. I'm just saying, that we do not have to carry it alone. We do not have to carry it alone because God is right there and he wants to carry it for us. And his shoulders, my friends, are way broader, way sturdier to carry that pain and carry that hurt for us. And when we give it to him, we are then able to extend that kindness to others because we are not weighed down by all of that. But it's also important for us to say sorry when we are the ones in the wrong. And I always feel like whenever I preach on these things, the Lord uses this time to tell me about myself, the good, the bad, and the ugly. This is the ugly. So when I was writing this preach, um, I went to theological college on the Monday of writing this preach, and um, we were having a session, and it's in a room in um, Onslow Square in Kensington, if you guys know where that is. Um, and the room is cold, y'all. The room is cold. There are horrible chairs. They're not comfortable. And everyone knows when we have this room, there are two sofas in the back, and that's where you want to be. But there are about 40 of us. Now, imagine 40 people sprinting towards this room because they want to get to the sofas. And I'm running like everyone else is running. And I realize that two of my friends are already sat down and a third is about to take the last seat on the sofa. I do not know what happened. I blacked out. All I know is that I swan dived into the last remaining space and then I covered my head with the jacket and I pretended nothing had happened. Now, he had to go and sit in a very uncomfortable chair for the entire session, and I sat there, like, absolutely wracked with guilt. I was like, that was horrible. I can't believe I did that. And the Lord just would not leave me alone for the whole session. All I could think was how horrible I, was, I had been in that moment. So I had to go and apologize afterwards, because I was like, that was not honoring of the Christ in him. The Christ in me did not see the Christ in him in that moment. I did not put his needs above mine. In that moment, the only thing that mattered was my comfort and my needs. And instead of saying, actually, you know what? You can have that space. Instead of extending kindness, I decided to do what was best for me. And I just felt like in that moment, I needed to apologize. And when we apologize, what that does is that frees that person to not have to carry around the hurt and not have to carry around the pain that might come from something we have done to them. That's a very trivial example, but I'm sure we can think of ways in which that pain can be quite deep and quite heavy. And if we say sorry, then we enable that person to also feel free to not have to carry that around. 
So let's carry kindness on our shoulders, but also enable others to do so. And lastly, my last point, kindness walks and talks. Kindness walks and talks. We say that with me, kindness walks and talks. Amen. Luke 10, 33 to 34. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and he saw him. He took pity on him. He then went and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. I'm sure we've all heard the story of the Good Samaritan before. But I just want to quickly go back to the definition that I used earlier to describe kindness. Um, because there's a sentence in there where it says that kindness is shown by the way a person speaks and acts. Both of those are doing words. They're both doing words, which means that kindness is more than just something that we feel inside. It is more than just an emotion. It is something that we actively have to pursue and actively do, because kindness walks and it talks. Just like the Samaritan in the story, it first says that he took pity on the man. He felt something. He saw the guy on the ground and he thought, oh my gosh, like that is horrendous. But it could have ended there, friends. Like the story could have just literally full stop. He kept walking like all of the people who walked past that man prior to him getting there. He could have just said, oh my gosh, that's horrible. And we're going to keep walking. But it doesn't end there, does it? It keeps going. He says that, it says that he bandaged the man's wounds, he picked that man up and he took care of him because in kindness he was moved to action. Kindness isn't kindness until it is expressed in the things that we do and the things that we say. And it doesn't have to be extravagant kindness. It doesn't have to be a big gesture like this story. It can simply just be saying thank you in a restaurant when your waiter brings you your food or maybe getting up from um, your seat in the tube when someone more needing needs that seat. Or for my road ragers, letting someone pull out in front of you in traffic, amen. I, I struggle with that one. Um, the Lord is still teaching me, amen. All those moments of kindness matter because there is no insignificant act of kindness. There is no insignificant act of kindness. The late Archbishop, Archbishop Desmond Tutu once said this, do your little bit of good where you are, and it's those little bits of good put together that will overwhelm the world. And here's where I come into land. This overwhelming kindness that we are called to is not easy, it's difficult. But that's okay because we have been shown the most incredible and extraordinary and difficult act of kindness that has ever been done in the history of the world. When the Lord could have chosen judgment, he chose mercy. When the Lord could have pinned us up for all of our wrongdoings, he chose grace. And it's costly, and now we are free, and we are blessed, and we are invited into a relationship with him. Because Jesus is our example. Jesus is our example when he was going through the most excruciating pain, when he was being beaten, when he was being mocked, he still chose compassion. He still chose kindness. He said, forgive them, Lord, for they know not what they do. 
The thing about kindness is that none of us deserve it, none of us have earned it. Kindness is free, and that's what makes it kindness. And Jesus, through his sacrifice on the cross, has shown us the most true and perfect example of kindness. So let's be people chosen by God to go out into this world and bring this overwhelming kindness, ushering this overwhelming kindness in a world that can seem so broken and so full of pain. Let us be that light of kindness that God is calling us to be. Amen? Amen. Amen. I'm going to ask you all to stand up with me. We're just, we're going to pray. We're going to invite the Holy Spirit because honestly, he... He works in this space way better than any human hands or human words could ever, could ever work. So we're just gonna wait for him. Um, and if you sense him speaking to you, why don't you just ask him what he's saying? Just press into it. I like to hold my hands out in this moment. It's nothing spiritual, it doesn't really do anything, but what it is is a posture. It just means, hey Lord, I'm here, and if you wanna meet me, I'm available. So if you'd like to do that, feel free. If not, that is okay too. And we're just gonna invite him here. Come Holy Spirit. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's Saint Podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. And if you wanna find out more ways of connecting or if you wanna support the vision of Saint, you can head over to saint.church. For now, have a great week and we'll catch up really soon.